Hey, good evening, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. It is March 9th, 2022, and we are celebrating Women's History Month. And we have a phenomenal woman on stage. Hey, Abby, how you doing? Hello, hello. How is everybody? Well, everybody as in me. I'm great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing amazing, oh, ma'am. How about yourself? <laughs> I'm good. I just got home, so... You know, oh. checking the emails already. <laughs> oh, I hear it. I hear it. Man, so look, do you guys ever get a break in freight? Or is that just non-existent? No, I mean, you do. It's just depending on where your company is. So we're still kind of in the startup phase. So, you know, we don't necessarily have people to do things for us all the time. So we're doing a lot of the things. Right. You're <laughs> creating. <laughs> You're creating on the spot, aren't you? Yeah, pretty much. I've been doing um, a lot of appointing of loads, building of loads. So it's a change for sure, but it's good to get a little more experience on the op side. Right, right. Okay. Well, look, uh, for everybody who's been listening in to me for a while, you know, I'm Jory Myers. I am the owner of Atlanta Dispatch. Um, I love this industry so much that we went and built this whole platform just to support people who are in it, to highlight people who are in it. And tonight's discussion is regarding how to become a preferred carrier to a brokerage. A freight brokerage. And we have Abby. Abby, can you please introduce yourself and uh, talk a little bit about your company? Yeah. So my name is Abby Haffenbrettel. And if you hear my dog in the background, he gets a little hyper during this time. So just it's just my dog. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I am the VP of sales at Sage Freight. And I'm also um, an investor. So part partner, whatever you want to call it. Um, So I have a little more skin in the game for my company, but we are a newer brokerage based out of Franklin, Tennessee, right right outside of Nashville. Um, And we're a newer brokerage, but we all worked together previously at another brokerage and built that up to $250 million. So we basically took our executive leadership team and started a new company. Mm -hmm. So... We're going to be at our year in authority coming up in May, and the plan is to eventually get trailers. As you guys know, that's almost impossible right now unless you want to pay top of the market. So we're holding off, uh, potentially looking at asset companies to acquire just to get some trucks and trailers under our belt. But for now, truly brokerage. And um, yeah. Yeah, well, that's amazing. I didn't know everything, you know, as far as, uh, you know, about Sage and it being uh, about one year in authority and the fact that you were on that that ownership team. Congratulations. That's awesome. Yeah, thank you. I definitely I definitely went to I mean, I moved back down from Chicago for this job (laughs) and I definitely wouldn't have left Chicago if I didn't believe in these people and the company that were you know, building. So it's pretty cool. It's a great, um, it's a great feeling to have more purpose than just, than just, um, you know, moving the, moving the marker before it was a lot about the bottom line. And now we can really get back to the original company and our core values and all that good stuff that really makes the company great. Yeah, no, that's amazing. Uh, I, 
I'm going to support you as much as possible. So even after we get off of this discussion, just please let me know what what I can do. So, um, yeah, but I didn't know all of that. So I'm happy to promote, just like I said. Um, So how long have you been in this industry? Uh, Actually, April of 2016 is when I started at Calvary Logistics. Uh Uh-huh. And and in it ever since so what right. is that seven years yeah that's a so you got some skin in the game you you know what's going on a little bit yeah I definitely, <laughs> um like everybody else i feel like accidentally fell into this industry and i had no idea what logistics was when i started so zero background before that that's for sure mm-hmm. but I, it seems like you're here to stay you know how do you leave? <laughs> right. It's so exciting. There's so many moving pieces where you can grow and develop in other parts of the supply chain. I don't know how you can leave. Yeah. And I'm still, you know, like I, one of my favorite things to do is just talk about transportation. And it's so <laughs> nerdy, but I feel like I, it like gives me a high. Like I just got back from food shippers and then I had a couple other networking events, and I've just been like on cloud nine. I don't know why. I just uh-huh. like I love it. <laughs> right. Well, how was food shippers? Because a lot of people from our networks they were down there. How was it? It was really good. I it was my first time going, um, and my COO is was basically he was like tied to Kraft's hip, so he he doesn't like go around and network with anybody. They're just kind of like crafts carriers like on standby if if you want to say that uh-huh. so i was i didn't know what to expect because i'm you know i'm an extroverted person but if i don't really recognize anybody i am a little introverted like as far as going up to people first mm-hmm. and so it's like oh man i don't know like am i gonna be scared to like go and talk to people but oh my gosh it was such a blast mm. i will say a lot of drinking goes down. Yeah. Sketchy stuff that happened for sure. Uh, a carrier punched a shipper. What? Uh, yeah, some oh, good man. gossip for sure. Oh, wow. But I mean, that's what happens when you go two years without a food shippers event, and then you get like what fifteen hundred people together and, and open oh, bar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah basically till oh, three in the a- morning every night. Whew. Man, that is hilarious. A lot of juice. A lot of juice down there. What's that? In Orlando? Yeah, Orlando. Yep. Man. All right, well, I think I have to uh, make my way down there for next year. <laughs> I was dropping little hints to uh, people from my network who are down there. I was like, look, I have so many refrigerated box trucks that I dispatch for. I need dedicated opportunities. So I know. And I keep bringing you up too. I'm like, oh, I got a, I got a reefer box truck guy in Atlanta. Do you have any local stuff? And it's like, right. oh man, no. I got some in Florida. I have some here. I have some here. And I'm like, right. One of these times, we're gonna, we're gonna figure out the perfect situation. Right. No, we definitely are. So, uh, yeah. Well, I appreciate you doing that, and uh, thank you for giving me a little bit more background on, you know, how you got into the industry. And essentially, I just wanted to talk about it because you've. You've been in the game long enough to know, you know, what a carrier needs to do in order to become a preferred carrier from a freight brokerage. And, mm-hmm. you know, you, you know, the good things, you know, the you know, the turnoffs, you know, you know, you've seen it all. So, um, you know, how important is it, you know, for well, let me ask this a different way. What are some of the 
key things a carrier can do to become a preferred carrier? I think some of the easiest things is just communication, honesty, and having some sort of a relationship where that we can trust you that you're going to say what you're going to say, or, you know, you're going to do what you're going to say. Um, it's, you know, it's so, it's really so simple at the end of the day, we just need to know where the truck is so that we can give an update. I, you know, on our end, we understand things happen all the time and Mm -hmm. breakdowns happen. This happens, that happens. And the biggest thing for us is just give us enough information so that we can communicate that to our customer and then provide whatever documentation you have. You know, that's, that's really, it's so simple, but there's so many drivers that it's, you know, like basically impossible to get any updates from the dispatcher or the driver. And at that point, it's like, well, well, now we just feel like you're lying because <laughs> you're not being open and transparent. So now do we have to worry about this load? And, you know, it's just so much extra energy that we put into tracking and tracing if we think something might be a little off. You know, if you if you're a carrier and you just put us on macro point, really ideally, we don't even want to check on you, you mm-hmm. know, besides confirming that you're loaded and that you're unloaded with no OS and D. Um, and then even after that, once you do a couple of loads and we know that if something goes wrong, you'll reach out. We literally don't even have to talk to you at all through the load. Mm-hmm. And it can just be completely automatic. So, you know, being a preferred carrier for us is just having having that communication and us knowing that if something is wrong or delayed, that the driver or the dispatcher will communicate to that as soon as they know about it so right. that we can then communicate to the customer. Right. No, I, I definitely hear you there. Um, and that's part of my onboarding when I'm bringing on new carriers, whether they be, uh, you know, semis or box trucks. Um, the fact is, there are some milestones that we have to communicate to the brokerage every single time, no matter what. And, you know, outside of communicating those those milestones, I don't think that the brokerage is too interested on anything. You know, let me right. know. when. Let me know the ETA to the shipper. Let me know when you get to the shipper. And let me know when you're loaded, you know, and if there's too much time in between you arriving to the shipper and them loading you, please let me know so I can then start working on detention or, you know, get somebody to push it through. And again, the same exact things on the, the receiver side of things. Let me know your ETA to the receiver. Let me know when you arrive to the receiver and let me know or send over that BOL when it's signed and, you know, right. you're unloaded. Um, outside of that, I don't think that a broker is really, you know, wants to too much interaction aside from, you know, booking that next load. And, um, you know, I've, I've learned that is how I become, you know, a preferred dispatcher to some of these brokerages out here, because that's that's very important to me, because, you know, you make sure that the phrase getting from origin to destination, that track and trace team, you don't necessarily have to interact with them, nor do you want them to have to work hard to get updates. So um, I think I agree um, with that whole communication. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're on top of your communication, things just flow smoothly from there. And you also said just being, uh, you know, just upfront 
about any delays or issues or anything. And that's true. That's very true. You know, who wants to uh, play coy and not have the true information, uh, especially to communicate to your customer when the truth's going to come out anyway. So you might as well be upfront in the beginning. And, you know, we as a team work to get the load delivered, you know, successfully, because that's the ultimate goal is to deliver the load successfully. So, yeah, I agree with you 100 percent. Mm-hmm. And I know there's a lot of brokerages out there that it, they're, let's just say, slimy, and they're going to tell the customer a lie no matter what. Mm-hmm. But there's honestly a lot of brokerages that don't do that. And they, like, I yesterday told, you know, I tell my customer exactly what the carrier tells me because I'm not going to start a web of lies and then go back and remember, okay, wait, which lie? Right. <laughs> so, you know, it's in an email. I just look and figure it out and then tell the tell the customer but when the carrier is lying to us on the front end then we just look like crazy people because right you know we just had a load uh for aldi and it was going from mcdonough georgia to moreno valley california Mm. and it was doing fine the whole time they didn't macro point so of course we're like uh but not everybody macro points, you know, it's not a, it doesn't necessarily mean the load's going to go to crap. Mm-hmm. Um, but they missed delivery like four times. And each time they Ooh. gave us a different excuse. And then by the, by like the third excuse that I had to communicate to Aldi, I was like, Oh my gosh, now we just look like insane people. When in reality, you know, they probably just railed the load. So right. if you guys would just tell me like, Hey, we put this on the rail. It's not going to hit on time delivery. At least then I can be transparent with my customer and say, I didn't realize this was going to be railed. You know, here's what happened. Done. It's going to, it's expected to deliver at this point. Right. Or even if, you know, even if you don't need to necessarily tell them you found out it was on the rail, just giving them an actual, you know, ETA for delivery so that they can plan their product and supply chain and figure out what stores these, this product is going to go to, you know? Right. Um, so that's, that's huge. Right. I mean, it sounds like you just want carriers to do what they're, you know, do exactly what they say they're going to do so that, you know, when you're speaking to your customer, you know, everything is lining up and you don't have to go back with 30 excuses, um, which mm-hmm. makes, which makes perfect sense. And earlier you said something, that, you know, it was, a, it was some jargon, some industry jargon. You said that once a delivery makes it to the receiver, we just want to make sure that there are no OSNDs. What's that? Oh, yeah. Um, overages, shortages, or damages. Oh, okay. So yeah. what happens when you get an overage, a shortage, or some damage? Um. Well, usually, hopefully, the carrier will reach out to us right away while they're still at the shipper or at the receiver, so that we can fix anything like the right then and there. Um, but if we find out there's OS and D, then we just have to communicate that to the customer. And then, you know, if there's damages or something, a lot of times the carrier will have to dump it somewhere. And sometimes customers will have their like dumping, I forget what the proper term is. You know what I'm saying, talking about. Um, their proper places nearby. Right. Um, so, yeah, we, 
not necessarily as much right now, I would say. Um, but like at previous companies, we would always, when they get delivered, we would always ask any overdue shortages or damages just because sometimes drivers will not say anything and then turn in the paperwork, you know, a couple of days later. And then we'll be like, wait, what, why don't you let us know that you had, that it was yeah. short, <laughs> you know, it was short. it was short, half the load. <laughs> Cause now my customer is going to reach out back, back out like a week later when they actually start going through the paperwork or, you know, maybe the warehouse will reach out and say, Hey, did you guys realize this was short? And we could have put another pallet of this on this. And, you know, it just looks better for us to be a little more proactive on that end. So that the customer likes us better. Honestly, it's less work for them instead of tracking us down, figuring out what happened. Now we can handle it right then and there, take care of it, boom, and move on. Right. I, I I completely understand you there. Um, just recently, I had one of those issues where um, I have a carrier on the load. The load is at the capacity of what they can legally carry. And we get to the shipper and we find out that what was actually communicated was the load of the actual goods, the product, but not the tear weight, not the weight of the actual equipment used to, you know, safely uh, transport. So the pallets and all the wrappings and all that kind of stuff added an additional like 1400 pounds. And, you know, we eventually were, you know, we were found out that it was going to be overweight. Um, it, do you guys find that to be something that you, you see like frequently, or do you think that was just a freak occasion, like chance occasion or something like that? Um, you know, most, I feel like most shippers weigh their, product with pallets included but yeah we've definitely had instances where we've been overweight and mm. in those scenarios we just have them go grab a scale ticket send it in and then they we usually have them go right back to the shipper and take a pallet off or yeah. or um if it, yeah basically just short ship short ship the product but it all a lot of that takes so much time because especially if you're dealing with like food and beverage and grocery customer, mm-hmm. um, by the time they get to the email or and reply back and like figure out what what to do with the warehouse, it's could be sometimes like five, six hours that a carrier might be sitting there. That's exactly what it was for us. It was frozen salmon and <laughs> it took us forever, but you know, we got it. The rate actually ended up being almost two and a half times what the original rate was due to. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I'm not mad. There you go. <laughs> neither was the, neither was a carrier, but uh, you know, so that was the situation. And I guess following up on, you know, that whole communication piece um, and tracking piece, I don't, is there, I mean, do you, is there another, uh, is there another tracking app that you guys use or is it macro point for the most part? Um, we have macro point integrated to our TMS. So we mm-hmm. usually go with that, but then, you know, different customers have different requirements. So we do four kites, um, also, and, uh, we also have easy loader tracking. I don't know if you know that. It's basically just like another ping. Mm-hmm. Um, and then whatever, really whatever other ones that the driver uses usually can like sync up to our platform. So at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. But MacroPoint, I feel like, is the 
most well, I don't know. What do you think? Is MagaPoint the easiest for drivers to get to accept or like what? Um, uh, I would say I would say that Macro Point is definitely the most common brand that I've, I've worked with. Um, you know, they do have their their pros and their cons. I just recently find that found out one con that, you know, if once a driver gets to a location, it stops tracking. So, you know, sometimes that becomes an issue if it's a, a multi-stop situation or if you're uh, what if they they get there the day before, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. they, you know, they need to leave to go do something else. They get, the, they arrive early, but they need to go do something else in the meantime before being unloaded. So I saw some, you know, some of the cons, the pros is just that is the brand recognition. Apparently it's easy. Um, the drivers that I work with, they don't really have too many issues. Uh, you know, especially not the younger drivers. Sometimes, you know, there might be a, a, a technology gap in some of my more seasoned drivers. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be nice. <laughs> but, no, you don't uh, have to be nice. They literally think like the government's going to track them if they accept yeah, that. Like, yeah, it's tough. It's real tough sometimes. I'm like, I, I have to get so <laughs> granular. Like, like, you need to accept this because right. it's a part of the requirements, you know. <laughs> so that's definitely a thing. Um, but we also have, you know, I want to say that it's easier when you can communicate to the driver in the language that they like to com- be communicated with. And when I say language, I'm kind of talking about the medium. And, uh, you know, so if somebody likes text messages, well, you know, do the text messages. But, you know, the whole deal having to download different apps that becomes uh, a a hurdle and i know we got one of our buddies to the stage uh eric he's down there he's the uh ceo and owner of uh vendor flow so that's something that kind of streamlines that process um so i did notice that being one of the issues with those season uh drivers is if you had to download something it just became a hurdle uh like additional barriers so um, yeah, 100%. yeah. Um, so yeah. All right. So macro point four kites. I'm definitely used to those. Um, the easy loader was a new one for me. Um, yeah, that's just kind of specific to my, our platform we use. So it's, you probably have, would never have heard of it, okay. um, but yeah, it's basically the same thing. It just creates actual checkpoints in our system, mm-hmm. but um yeah i mean just any sort of tracking you like you gotta realize that's just the time so these drivers that refuse to accept it's like well like look at an amazon package it's literally the barcodes are encoded to tracking and Mm -hmm. it's it's like i'm if we can track a you know, pair of I have two Amazon packages sitting here, but if I can track a pair of flip flops every like ten minutes or whatever, then we can track your freaking semi full of a <laughs> hundred thousand dollars of whatever you know cargo. Uh, yeah, no but, doubt. Yeah, no doubt. Um, so yeah, so thanks for uh, entertaining that portion. I did want to ask this: so if we're talking about these communication and honesty 
transparency, those being the things, the factors that lead to a carrier being a preferred carrier, what are those things that, you know, would make somebody become unusable, put on the do not use list? Mm, well, mm. obviously lying. Mm. Um, <laughs> anytime, I, you know, I feel like, and I feel like our brokers are really good at not, um, sell or like promising a load to a carrier and then, Oh, we got a better option. So screw that. We'll do, you know, we'll go with a cheaper option or whatever. The more profitable so, situation. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a big pet peeve for me is when carriers just shop around and they'll tell you they're committed to a load. And so we put in committed in our side and take it down. And then an hour later or whatever. Oh yeah. Just kidding. Um, you know, we, whatever excuse they want to say for basically they found a better pain load. But it's like, if you, like I said before, if you say you're going to do something, just do it. Otherwise you're going to get a bad taste in our mouth and vice versa, probably. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And and then go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, and not being, um, upfront with whatever requirements you have. And I only say that because, we recently, well, right now, actually, we're trying to figure out what to do because <laughs> we have a carrier who he signed our rate con, which has a standard Tonu uh, industry standard Tonu amount. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, a load got canceled, which if you're shipping food and beverage, that that's, ha- happens every other load, it feels like, just because the warehouses are having to restock product and things aren't ready and, you know. Um, so it's very common that same day a load's going to get canceled and the driver may already be at the shipper. And it's, you know, we reach out as soon as we hear from the customer, but we had a driver, a load was canceled. He just assumed it was our fault. And we're like, no, dude, we, like, <laughs> this happens all the time. I'm sorry. Like, right. I, I wish it wasn't canceled also. Like, we both... <laughs> are in, in a bad situation now. So I like, I don't know what else you wanted to do. And anyway, he was asking for like $400 Tonu. And he's like, that's my, that's my, that's my standard. It's like, well, <clears throat> you probably should have told us to that on the front end. Cause you already signed the rate con with our, our industry standard. Right. So we paid him what we owed him based uh-huh. on what he signed. And he just went off the deep end and he's now written like six or seven one-star reviews on <laughs> oh man Dang. on google and so my company's like abby you need to figure out uh, how to how to get around this because he um created new like accounts just to do this new accounts and, oh. and i was looking they all it's so obvious because if you look at each of these trucking companies and we've called we've called like all the ones that we could find that are actually companies that he used and they're like we have no idea what this is um and every he had like with each like quote-unquote company that he sent left a review for um there was one other one or two other like one-star reviews for other companies and then one five-star review for his company. It's like, dude, 
Yeah, wow. <laughs> it's so obvious. And then, but Google can't uh, take them down because he's not technically breaking any violations besides impersonating, and they have no way to prove that he's actually impersonating. So I hate that. I'm so sorry to hear that. Dang. Yeah, and it's, I, we even tried, like, calling a removal place, and it's $1,000 per review you want taken down. And we're like, okay, well, we're not... That's that's just ridiculous. Like we're not going to let this guy completely ruin us. But you know, right. we're newer. We only have eighteen reviews, so five one stars kind of messes us up. Right? Yeah, because that's <laughs> the first thing people will kind of see. You know, is the fact that uh, yeah. what are, what is their rating? You know, what are the people saying about this organization? So, man, I'm so sorry to hear that. Yeah. That's, yeah, because people. I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm. I don't. If I find out how to get that undone, I'll, I'll definitely let you know. But that is that's so hard to to even think about. Yeah, but it it. I mean, it puts it into perspective how, you know, because let's be honest, brokers a lot of times will treat carriers like crap. Mm-hmm. So for us to like as a company realize, okay. No matter what the situation is, we need to approach it as if they're going to leave us a one-star review (laughs) Mm -hmm. on the front end. Mm -hmm. So I think that's been good for us, honestly. We've probably taken a little bit of positivity out of it. Uh, But it's true. You know, like, we need to make sure it's a two-way street. You know, we can't expect the sun and the moon if we're not giving that on our end as well. Right. No, I I agree. I mean, you brought up something, though, that I did deal with recently, which is, you know, industry standard versus a brokerage standard. Um, You know, a brokerage had a in their agreement that they were paying uh, $20 an hour for detention pay, maximum of three hours. And I, I, I said, what? I'm like, look, 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 that's not how it goes, player. You know what I mean? I had to break it down because the representative that I was speaking with, I can tell that they were new because, you know, if that's the only thing you know, you defend it like there's, you know, no tomorrow. And I was like, hey, man how long have you been in the industry? And they were like, oh, I just started. I was like, you never worked for another corporation. Have you doing this? And they're like, no. I was like, look, man, this is not standard. Okay. And because it's not standard, I'm telling you what my rate is. And, you know, but that thing had to be discussed up front. Um, So, and and even with the the tow new, I guess industry industry standard is 150. And I I haven't had a, a reason to request more. Um, but that is an interesting point. So if that guy, yeah. if that guy would have said something ahead of time, would you guys have honored the fact that he, he was there ready, capable and willing to do the load, but he had a $400 minimum on the tonu? Do you think that you would have still used him? Oh yeah, for sure. If that was our best option. Yeah. I mean, okay. what's yeah, any anytime like we we'll do what we say we do. So, we'll take care of our carriers as long as it was communicated on the front end. And we we do a really good job of going back to make sure like, well, hold on, what did you sell this as? You know, like say we knew we were going to be a work in at a shipper, you know, did we sell it as a strict appointment time or did uh-huh. we sell it on the front end like, hey, FYI, this is a situation, we're not going to get detention do you still want this load or, you know, whatever the scenario is. Um, but 
Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I don't think a broker should make money off of detention or tonus. Maybe, maybe like a hundred bucks for a tonu, but it all depends on what the customer pays. So for right. example, Kraft versus Aldi, Aldi will pay us 100. So we will pay the carrier $150. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, we're not going to pay anybody less than that. Mm-hmm. And this is just what Aldi is giving us. So this is what we will give out. We don't need mm-hmm. to make money on that. Uh, same with detention. Now you have a customer like Kraft. Well, they pay like $400 for uh, Tony or something like that. Um, they pay a lot more. So then we're going to pay the carrier a lot more as well. Okay. I got you. Well, that makes sense. I mean, and that's very, that's a, I feel like a, a great business practice of something like that. We don't know how many deadhead miles had to be eaten up to get to that place. So if there is more on the, the rate, mm-hmm. uh, being able to, you know, provide more, uh, I think that's pretty, uh, stellar of sage freight if i do say so myself Um, well yeah i mean right now we're we're kind of in the phase where the carriers need more than the customers so right true we're you know we're doing what we can to make sure we have a good reputation for carriers you know customers will come we're we have the relationships we have the opportunities that's fine you know we don't necessarily we can get as much freight as we want, but the carriers are the ones that we need to help us out. Because without you know, the carrier, I mean, a brokerage is only as strong as their carrier base. Yep. Yeah. And once we get those like preferred carriers that we don't have to worry about, oh my gosh, our life gets so much easier. We mm-hmm. it's less touches, less money. Mm-hmm. All, all that good stuff. Yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. Um, so let me ask you about that. So once you have your preferred carrier, is the rate more important or is it getting the load secured and delivered successfully more important? Like, will you pay a higher wage to someone who you know is going to get the job done? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Okay. I mean, we're we're moving a lot of freight already um, and we don't have time to sit and look for, you know, it's like opportunity costs. So if we know this carrier is good, he's might be even like $400 more than another carrier, but we can trust that it's going to get pick and deliver on time. Um, Oh, absolutely. We try to go to our carriers first before posting loads up. If we know, you know, we have a guy that usually takes it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love um, that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we really, all of our customers have KPIs and they have scorecards. So one late load is a really big deal for us. So if we continually work with bottom of the barrel carriers, we're not going to be, we're not going to have a good look to our customer. And that means the most to us, you know, mm-hmm. is, making sure we don't get kicked off of spot or making sure our customers see us the way we would like to be seen, which is a reliable, good service broker, you know? Yeah. Um, Let me ask this. 
Are you are is Sage Freight friendly to uh, dispatch services? And I, before you answer, just know this: as a dispatcher, as a you know owning the dispatch company, I've you know I got great relationships with a whole lot of brokerages, but some they're like soon as you say, well, I'm a dispatch service. They're like, you know, the fear of God. I, I got to hang up. I can't. I, we no, we, we, we can't work with your kind. And I'm like, what do you mean? Yeah. You know, so I asked that with that history, do you know, is Sage Freight friendly to dispatch services? Oh, yeah, of course. Okay. I mean, so I for some background, um, I worked previously at a brokerage and then we got bought out by an asset based company. So I had to deal with the terminals and those drivers quite often. Mm -hmm. And man, I mean, our preferred carriers would have updates on their loads hours before our own terminals would have updates on our own drivers. So Mm. I I don't necessarily um, you know, it goes back to relationships and communication mm-hmm. and like if we have a good relationship with a dispatch service that we know gives us timely updates and won't lie or, or, uh, give us a runaround, then yeah, of course. Okay. No, I mean, that's fair enough. Uh, I just was asking because, uh, now that I know that you are VP of sales at this company, I think I'm going to be more inclined with, you know, trying to move freight for you guys. Um, but I just want to make sure I was going to get the warm welcome. Oh, yeah. So so I can have uh, all of my preferred carriers, <laughs> you know, moving your freight <laughs> because even a dispatch service has preferred carriers. You know, I know right. who's going to yeah. do good. I know who's going to communicate well. I know who I'm going to have any type of you know, issues with additional services that might be required or I, I know those things. So the people who, uh, you know, work and are very professional and communicate in a very timely fashion. Well, guess what? I'm trying to get them top dollar for everything um, because they deserve it. They're 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 the type of people or they're the type of uh, carriers that you know, makes the job of the brokerage a lot easier. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Um, yeah. It's like if everybody would just do their job the right way, <laughs> you know, supply chain would be so much easier. Things that actually <laughs> we're dealing with um, a bunch of meat loads crossing the border. And man, it, it, like today has just been a struggle. It's like, Anybody and everybody that's related to border crossing or um, today mm-hmm. seems to not be doing their job and expects us to do everything. So well, <laughs> we've had like two or three carriers. We do a lot of Canadian loads. Um, we have had like two or three carriers that have been stuck at the border for like two days because the everybody else didn't send or clear the shipment like they're supposed to and it's like oh man if everybody could just do what they're supposed to do then we could do our job and we could just (laughs) wow they didn't electronically send that form what is that the ace form or something like that yeah um there's like the commercial invoice and all that stuff so usually Mm. usually uh the 
like the last, the shipper will give it to the driver and the driver or the broker will send it into the, um, wow, I can't talk. I can't think right now. That's not um, good. No, no pressure. Send it into the customs clearance broker. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they'll, they'll send back everything that is cleared and good. And we never had an issue. And today we just have had like two mm-hmm. that they're like, Oh no, we never got the paperwork. The driver's like, we never got paperwork. We never got paperwork. Like, mm-hmm. okay. Here, so we have to acquire the paperwork. Okay, here's paperwork. And then we find out shipper didn't send it to customs clearance. So then it's like, okay, this usually they send it for they send it for us. We've always crossed border and we do, you know, hundred of these loads a week. Um, but this time it was like, oh no, no, you guys need to send it yourself and do this and do this and do this. And I don't know. (laughs) It's just like, what in the world? So Mm -hmm. I don't know. I hear you. I definitely hear you there. Um, a lot of, actually, I just got out of a class learning all of the, uh, that portion of international logistics. Um, so shout out to Shaq of, Agate Solutions. Um, she's definitely a fan favorite over um, here. I appreciate her so much. Uh, she's been on the Transportation and Logistics Clubhouse maybe three or four times, and each time she she breaks the stage. So shout out to Shaq. Um, actually, once I get off of this, I'm gonna see if there if her Dre Day class is still going on, which is you know um, her teaching folks how to get into drayage. Um, oh, yeah. Do you guys work in drayage? Um. We will be. <laughs> hey, I, I love uh, it. Yeah, actually, I had a call with Southern companies, and they want to like partner with us. I honestly haven't really been selling Dre, or well, I haven't been selling a lot to be on to be completely honest. But mm-hmm. um, and my last company, Dreage, was a big focus, mm-hmm. and so I got into it a little bit. Mm-hmm. We had like two thousand chassis, and we had a bunch of Dre equipment. Uh, mm-hmm. and yards near near the ports but here haven't haven't focused too much on it gotten a few opportunities but nothing too big no i hear you i definitely hear you um so look i was going to be opening it up to the uh to the floor or not the floor to the audience to see if uh, anyone had any questions. Did you have any specific anything that you wanted to talk about specifically about either your company or, you know, how does a carrier become a preferred carrier that we haven't already said? I don't think so. I think we basically got the gist of it. I would say something that really helps us as a brokerage is. Um. We used to have a saying on our end, like, work trucks, not loads, meaning, like, always look to the future. So, like, you know, say you've done this lane for us a couple of times. Maybe our people aren't the best at saying, like, okay, how many trucks do you have? Where do they need to go? What can we help you with on a weekly basis? Like, you know, more for the contractual freight instead of just, like, spot transactional load and then the next load and the next load. So, I really appreciate carriers that'll be like, yeah, so we actually, you know, I'd love this load. We actually have trucks here every Monday and Thursday. If you ever get this load again or, you know, something like that, because 
for me in sales, then I can go back to the customer and say, hey, we actually have a really good carrier that wants to do this every Monday and Thursday. And we can basically like reverse sell back to the customer if we have a good carrier on literally any lane right now in this market. Um, So that's always, I look at a carrier like that and think of a preferred carrier for sure, because, you know, we're basically just trying to plan your trucks with my freight. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And if it's a lane that works and the rate's good and that's, that's like best case scenario for, for us. And it, then we don't have to track you as much because, you know, we'll get into a routine. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, that's the only other thing I would probably add to that. Okay. Is- All right. Well, look, look, hey, guys, if anybody had any questions, please go ahead and uh, start raising your hands. I, the fact that you talked about that, I, I, it did lead me to another question, which is, all right. You know, times change. You know, something that was profitable last month might not be profitable on either side this month. How mm-hmm. does, you know, if you're getting into the the type of situations where you have contracted lanes or dedicated lanes, you know, I'm putting my ear, my air quotes up. Um, you know, how does that conversation go when fuel prices soar out of control like they're doing right now and oh you know you you were on something that was considered dedicated and now you know you don't want to you don't want to lock in for a year because you don't know what the market is going to do to all the other uh you know factors that might say whether or not something is profitable so like what do you how does that conversation go or how can a carrier have that conversation you know with you so that you know there's some flexibility in there uh again i would just say making those expectations clear on the front end and for a carrier and a broker relationship it's so easy to adjust rates whenever you know what i mean you're not really you might sign something to say like yeah, we'll guarantee so many trucks. Sometimes brokerages will do that, but really it's, it's just the relationship you have with your, with your, um, rep at the brokerage. So I would say if you're a carrier and the broker's like, Hey, this is actually a contractual lane. We have this every like two times a week for the next year. If you're interested in this, I would at least have the conversation and be like, well, you know, depending on what the market does, we can take it at this rate for the next two months and then we can revisit the rate. We'll have ownership as long as we're able to adjust the rate based on the market. Because us as a being in sales and being on the brokerage side, I would have that conversation up front with my customer. Mm-hmm. So it just needs to all be you know, out and open that okay, we'll agree to this rate for the next year in the expectation that if anything crazy happens, we'll be able, we'll have the opportunity to adjust our rate. Okay. Okay. Uh, Have you had to kind of already go back to that, that type of conversation this week as fuel prices have gone so high? Um, We have not yet just because we we're doing a lot of spot. Um, Mm -hmm. And anything contractual, we'll take a hit if we need to. Um, So we're, you know, a big thing with the broker and customer relationship is that we honor our commitments. 
But there's obviously scenarios where we may have to reach out and say, hey, this is what's going on. Is there any way we can get some more money? Like, say there's a storm or say, you know, something out of the ordinary causes this to be more expensive. Then I would go to that board. I'd go to whatever I need to do, provide some data like, hey, because this X, Y, and Z, we can't find a carrier, you know, within a 250 mile radius unless we paid them the deadhead and that's going to add an extra thousand dollars to our rate. Is that okay? Mm-hmm. And in that scenario, obviously we'd go back to the carrier and pay them whatever they would need. Um, but yeah, there's definitely instances where, you know, unfortunately that's a risk we take as a brokerage. So mm-hmm. the carrier really has no, they don't need to be loyal to a broker right now because they can find any load they want. So Okay. That yeah. should be a, you know, that shouldn't be a hard conversation cuz as long as you're working with a good brokerage, they know that <laughs> they know you can go and find any load if you're not you know, if you're not also giving them a rate increase and you're getting one from the customer. So. Right. Okay. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Um, well, we did have one person raise their hand. They didn't come up. Um, so at the end of the day, I just wanted to say thank you for your time and, uh, you know, being willing to come speak on the Transportation and Logistics Clubhouse. I am very, very, very excited for, you know, the future of Sage Freight. You know, I look forward to working with you guys. And, um, you know, if there's a, did you want to say anything to close out the room? Um, yeah, I don't think so. We would love to have some good carriers under our belt. You know, we're a good company that will always take care of our carriers. And anytime, you know, we're still small. And anytime I hear somebody even getting a little, like, sassy with the carrier, I'm like, well, uh, uh, you better, you better watch out. Don't get too sassy. We're going to get a one-star review, so... (laughs) Um, so yeah, if anybody is interested in some freight, feel free to check us out. Uh, you can email me it, my email is pretty easy. It's just Abby at Sage Freight. Otherwise, I think we have a carrier packet online and all that good stuff. And you do. It's on RMIS, which makes things a lot smoother. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. Yeah. And we do triumph pay. So our carriers get paid. Right away, as long as they submit their paperwork and all that jazz, you know, the deal. Right, right, right. Now, that, I mean, for a new brokerage, having the, the ability to pay something immediately is a, a game changer. Like, you don't even have mm-hmm. to have the majority of the conversations because the carrier already knows they're going to get paid. So, um, but yeah. Yep. Yeah, so everybody check it out sagefreight.com and like she said if you're a carrier uh, you have to have uh, 90 days of active authority uh, and then you got to have the, the basics you know your your one mil and your your hundred thou so those are just the, the, the industry standards so um, just reach out to them and uh, hit her up abby at sagefreight.com um, yep look again abby i appreciate you ma'am um so reach out to me if there's anything we can do to partner on something coming up anytime soon Um, yeah yeah. sure. i was gonna ask you um have you ever been to modex it's that the it's like a 
trade show in Atlanta? No, but I think I'm going. <laughs> yeah, okay. I okay. I just found out about it. Um, one of my brokerage friends, he's from Spot Freight, but he's like, you need to go to this. It's free. And so I looked at it and I was like, okay. They do a lot of like AI stuff, it looks like. Some like robotic stuff, some warehousing. I don't know. It looks pretty interesting. And get this, freaking Shaq is speaking. <laughs> oh, not Shaq. Wow. I've been waiting yeah. to meet this brother. Man, this guy makes me smile. I can't lie. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I feel like I need to go just because Shaq is going to be a speaker. Like, how the what? heck is this free and Shaq? And also um, Sanjay Gupta. So, like, yeah, I guess that's a big deal, too. But... Wow. Man, we got some big names. I know. So... What? I don't know. I'm thinking about making the trip down to Atlanta. I think it's the 20... I want to say the 28th through the 31st. Yeah, it is. I'm looking at it right now. I'm about to sign up. I appreciate you for even mentioning (laughs) this. I'm signing up right now. Well, I registered because I'm like, surely this isn't free. And then sure enough, it's just like, okay, you're registered. Registered today for free admission. Sign me up. (laughs) All right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 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 So yeah, I might see you there. I'm going to try to come down. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I would love that. Um, Well, you got my number, so holla at me. And uh, I'm definitely going though, at least one of the days. Um, so I, I guess I got to pick the day that Shaq's going to be a speaker because that brother's a part of everything. I don't know if you know this. This man is a part of so many different organizations that has so many different co- companies. It's it's impossible. He's doing all this stuff. So yeah, I heard he's running a Papa John's. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, he has one right by Georgia Tech's campus. Um, he had the historic icon of the Krispy Kreme location. Unfortunately, it did uh, kind of burn down last year, uh, so I think they're building it back up right now. Um, but yeah, yeah, thank you for mentioning that. I appreciate that. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't. I've never heard of it, so I was like, "Oh man." Yeah. Okay. 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 But- yeah well everybody thank you for uh tuning in as always and next week we are going to be highlighting uh vendor flow so excited about that um if you have any questions in the meantime you know where to reach me uh you know how to hit me up it's all good um and check us out on monday as we partner with freight waves uh their sonar team um yeah outside of that thank you again abby you have a blessed evening Awesome. Thanks, Jory. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. All right now. Bye. Bye.